Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to the Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Today, we're talking about the state with the smallest soft drinks. Minnesota has a big vote tomorrow. Second half of the show, we're going to talk about stock news. There's big stock news as well. So let's just get right into it. Hey, Tom. Hey. Yo. Lauren, what are you talking about? Minnesota has small sodas? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, how big is Minnesota soda? Oh. <laughs> is this one of those literal jokes that I can't get because I'm just not literal enough? Like mini oh. soda, yeah, oh, play on mini soda. Oh, very cool jokes. Yeah. Got me. <laughs> but yeah, jokes. Minnesota marijuana legalization bill sponsor expects GOP support and House floor vote this week. Marijuana yeah. moment reported that today. Exciting stuff. Getting a bill to legalize marijuana in Minnesota into the House has been no small task, but after advancing it through 12 committees, Jesus, 12, 12 committees in which to die. <laughs> Seriously, though, the measure sponsor, Majority Leader uh, Ryan Winkler, Democrats, expecting it to pass with some Republican support on Thursday. Holy crap. Some Republican. Is it the Matt Gates of Minnesota? <laughs> I mean, who's who? who whatever. They're who cares? I don't I mean, I yeah. welcome their vote. Please do vote for it because cannabis legalization in Minnesota would be what uh, Rep. Wink- Winkler has been describing as the best legalization bill in the country. I did not know that he had capacity to test testify to such how does he know what a good cannabis legalization bill is right like, uh, is he a consumer maybe think? i mean is he a connoisseur of the survey of cannabis legislation throughout these several states i don't know but if you are thank you so much for joining us it's may 12th 2021 cannabis legalization news coming at you on three different platforms we're now on linkedin so don't forget to like us on linkedin uh, or or don't, you know, maybe you're just <laughs> trying to stay off of LinkedIn because it's too professional for you. Hey, you know, what? it's whatever. But uh, in a phone interview with Marijuana Moment, Winkler said he's confident that the chamber will approve it, especially considering how many members from both parties have already had a chance to submit input and amendments in a dozen panels. It's prospect like a dozen committees. If they, if they try to pull that Alabama shit, remember that where they were like, where did this come from? I mean, are they going to yeah. do the where did this come from? Nah. But you can't you can't do that anywhere in this process. Like any of these politicians with all this bullshit rhetoric, like I'm surprised that we had this bill get processed with five thousand signatures and and you know got submitted to three committees. I mean, there's none of this bills, none of this stuff's ever surprised. Like it's just a whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, but he thinks that this uh, majority leader believes that this is at least voted. I'm sorry, boosted support for a more modest cannabis reform bill. So if we don't get the best cannabis reform in the country out of Minnesota, we should at least get some more, for example, decriminalization, uh, expanding medical cannabis in Minnesota to include a flower option. Mm. My policy on your medical cannabis program in your state is if you don't have flower, you do not have a medical cannabis program in your state Uh, or the, the stuff like, Nope, Georgia, they don't have flour, Texas, they don't have flour. And then if even with the, the changes they wanted to make to Texas, I mean, if you have THC caps on your flour, 
you don't have medical cannabis. I wonder what they're doing a workaround in Minnesota because I know they have pot shops. I've seen them there. So are they doing like a here, take this flower and you need to squeeze it really, really hard to get rosin or else it's going to be illegal. Like, I mean, you know, like it's interesting. We should play. uh, Let's let's pull a Minnesota dispensary because, I mean, if uh, Dutchie, that uh, software application for your dispensary so you can order online, Maybe they have that going on in Minnesota. Maybe we have some prices in Minnesota. I mean, we were supposed to bring up the prices in Ohio for Ohio cannabis, medical cannabis. It's sick. Yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous in these requirements to put them. But, you know, if this bill passes under the legislation, adults 21 and older to purchase and possess up to 1.5 ounces of cannabis and cultivate up to eight plants, four of which would be mature. So that's kind of cool that they even identify it. You can have eight plants. We want four of those at least to be, you know, big girls. Sure. Uh, it does have social equity, which would be prior to prioritized in part by ensuring diverse licensing and preventing the market from being monopolized by corporate players. That's yeah. excellent. It's going to be interesting to see how they uh, execute that. I always kind of propose uh, multi-tiered lottery systems and state standards so that they can not have the weird type of log jam litigation that's going on in Illinois. Uh, fortunately, that looks like that's going to be um, resolved by the end of the month. Hey, Illinois. Yeah, it, it, we, we, we aren't exactly sure yet, but like there might be something coming. Are you sure? Like Schumer? Uh, I, yeah, soon. Soon like Schumer. But with uh, soon like Illinois really does mean by June 1st because the legislature will adjourn. So in Minnesota, though, the bill also says prior marijuana records would automatically be expunged, which is awesome. Yep. On-site consumption and cannabis delivery services would be permitted under the bill. Whoa. And unlike in many legal states, local municipalities would be banned from prohibiting marijuana businesses from operating in their areas. Wow. So they can't have a moratorium. Yeah, that, that seems a little restrictive. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, these bills are hard to write, right? Like with the 502 that came recreational the, the here in Washington, we made an actual law. There's a five nanogram like DUI clause, whereas there were other bills before this, the one that made it uh, legal. Uh, and they were all pretty like liberal recreational bills and none of them passed. And it just seems that you have to have these give and take punishments when it comes to legalization, which still bullshit but you know we're getting through these ignorant uh you know mindsets people yeah and it's very similar in its regulatory scape in the sense that they're gonna have a seven person cannabis management board very often this is like cannabis regulatory commissions maybe they're calling it a management board as opposed to a regulatory commission in minnesota effectively the same thing and they're responsible for regulating the market and issuing cannabis business licenses it was amended in committee last month to add members to that board that have social justice backgrounds and it also then defines social equity applicants as veterans that lost honorable status due to a cannabis related offense boy Talk about an insular minority of people. How many people out there are a Minnesota veteran who got bounced from the military because they were smoking weed? Dude, I bet you there's probably a good portion. I had a buddy that happened. Like, if you get a dishonorable discharge, you are no longer. So, me, I had an honorable discharge. I I get benefits. I can apply for veteran benefits, uh, health, and uh, financial. These guys are nothing. You serve all the time, and you are now nobody. You can try and fight for it back, but it's a very long and arduous process. You know, the the retail cannabis sales would be taxed 10%, which is, I think, not too bad. No, 10% isn't bad. Uh, And it doesn't say that they have any cultivation tax. So if it's just 10% tax on the retail end, that's getting passed to the consumer real quick. And then people all that live in low-income neighborhoods are also going to be considered social equity, which, of course, makes for the, the, the problem of like, okay, so you know they're poor. How are they going to open this highly regulated market now that costs millions of dollars? You're just kind of op- leaving the door open for exploitation. And then retail yeah. sales don't even launch until uh, December 31st, 2022. So 2023. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, if this passes, though, I mean, still the buildup to, to, to create the infrastructure. And, and they could just do like uh, Virginia yeah. did and be like, oh, we're going to up the dates. Well, you know, it's never the best idea to screw up the regulatory uh, uh, process. Illinois really rammed theirs in when they passed in, in two years ago, almost, and then by October. So it'd be like if if a state passed in, you know, uh, May, and then they took licenses in October. For example, Jersey, they passed in February. It'd be like if they were taking licenses in August. 
and it just got to uh, they didn't think through it enough. And so it created a lot of a log jam when they were trying to execute on it. Mm. I mean, it's going to be interesting if they just pass it. Right. Like, like just yeah. get it, they already have a medical program, which, you know, when I when I went to go pick my son up at college there, uh, it seemed like a pretty liberal spot. I saw a billboard for a pot shop. The, the, the government seems pretty open. You know, uh, I'm, I'm over this like Republican Democrat thing. It just seems like there's a really weird stuff going on with like the, the parties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like there's no longer this Republican party. They're all eating themselves up together while, uh, uh, you know, just legit things that concern us as citizens, as Americans, and and legalization's it. <laughs> like ending prohibition. Yeah, that's that's really uh, that's a no brainer. I don't care what party you're in, you should be in favor of legalizing cannabis. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's an American thing. That's it. It, it's, it, it. It's a human thing. If you have an endocannabinoid system and you're not in favor of legalizing cannabis, oh boy, you are. <laughs> stupid but um or ignorant it's not that they're stupid they just don't know anybody you know and that's that's too bad but motley fool has a new uh, listicle out designed to get clicks three states likely to legalize marijuana next in the motley fool writer sean williams opinion the three states likely to legalize recreational weed are follows connecticut Connecticut, definitely. I would put that one up there in the three state. The Constitution state in close proximity to a bunch of other states that have already chosen to legalize recreational weed. In order to avoid losing tax revenue to the surrounding states, it is sensible to legalize it in Connecticut. And so Governor Ned Lamont, who's a Democrat, by the way, has been advocating for legalization for months. That's good news that Lamont is working with a state legislature that is overwhelmingly controlled by Democrats. We talk about this all the time here at Cannabis Legalization News. And so don't forget to do the likes and subscribes if, if you've heard this before, where uh, it's very important that the branches of your state's government are all in unison of interest when it comes to legalizing and then affecting that legalization, uh, because if you if you don't and so like the people vote for it. Uh, for example, in South Dakota, but then the administration doesn't want it. Yeah, it, it plays out in an entirely different way. Well, I mean, just like last show, I talked about. Chad mentions that Molly Fru's the worst website, and I'm like, I, you know what? They are they're they're pretty bad. But yeah. like any, any of these features, like I don't play the the crystal ball game anymore. Like the only time I play the crystal ball game is when actual legislation passes, like when CBD, when hemp came through. I knew CBD was going to be a bigger yeah. uh, 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 component, a, a big a big sell for the vitamin. Thank you, Christina. Yeah. Christina Valdez just became a member of Cannabis Legalization News. And we'd also like to thank all of our other members that are watching right now, like, like Norma and Wook Pillar. Of course. And then I think I saw C3 earlier. Uh, you know, your membership dollars, they go 50 percent of the. Well, actually, let's talk about really where your membership dollars go. They go to Google, but just 30 percent of them go to Google. And then the other 70 cents of your dollar, 35 cents of that dollar goes to cannabis prisoners. And the other 35 cents goes to buying gear. That's it. Yeah. So then, uh, I mean, it's great that the, gov- uh, the uh, governor's on board. Um, I mean, but again, the crystal ball game. Like, I don't really play it that much because I never saw South Dakota happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, I never saw Alabama happening. Alabama? Well, Alex, fortunately, Che was fight. Well, was reporting for us and fighting for us and down in Alabama. And then I didn't see Virginia happening. That one just snuck yeah. up on me. And that is the new playbook. Don't worry. Don't worry. We aren't going to do it for three years. Let's just get out of the way now. Don't worry. <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. come on. But yeah, so like if lawmakers can work out their differences, which primarily hinge around the social equity factors included in the bill, Connecticut's legalization bill could be signed in the law by or before July 2021. That's neat. If not, it'll likely wind up on the 2022 ballot for the state's residents to decide. And before you uh, start writing off uh, Connecticut as not being a market in which we could maybe get some licenses and help operate, don't because it's got about 3 million people in it. So between Connecticut, Connecticut, Mississippi and New Mexico, each one has a little bit uh, around 3 million between three and four for Mississippi. So well, the Northeast is going to be a a huge market once they all get their populations, 15 million. So that's New England. And then you have New York at 19 million and then Pennsylvania at about 13 and then uh, Jersey at about nine. That that popular tri-state area, that's going to be real hot. But Pennsylvania is going to be late to the party on that one. And then the second state, I don't think we have to go over that anymore, was Minnesota. And then the third state on the list is Hawaii. 
Yeah, you know, Hawaii is another one of those states that in all my life, like California, you're thinking, why didn't they legalize it yet? You right. know, like why is Chris Christie and Woody Harrelson and and like uh, who's the other one? Willie Nelson, all these people going out there, hanging out, talking about the weed, Hawaiian haze, all that time. I mean, a wonderful climate to grow it in. They've had medical weed forever. What's up? Politicians, man. I mean, that's all it comes down to because uh, someone who's from Southern California, I'm in, I'm half Polynesian myself. It's like, it's my culture, man. Like, like the, it's not the people who are mad about cannabis. It's the people in charge. It's the yeah. people who get positions of power. And here's where we got to be careful about how we uh, assign blame to Republicans and say Democrats are always in favor of legalizing it. Mm-mm. The Democratic governor, David Ige, which might not be how he pronounces his name. It's spelled I-G-E is why cannabis is not legal in Hawaii. He has vetoed two of three cannabis reform bills from his state legislature in 2019. Yeah. Hawaii is the place where Roger Christie served five years in federal prison before a trial. Didn't even have a trial. Did five years in prison for his cannabis church based out of Hawaii, TAC Ministries. Mm -hmm. Like, Like there is no love for cannabis in Hawaii when it comes to politicians. And, you know, even it's just, it's just so infuriating, right? Like Hawaii for a long time had a bad meth problem. Ice was a big deal. And cannabis could definitely calm that down, just like it does with the opiate crisis. Like cannabis is the solution to lessen our social evils. So did Maui Waui come from Maui? I think so. I would hope so. I mean, that would be like finding out Hershey, Pennsylvania is in like Minneapolis. Oh, like, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm pretty, but I think it's from surfers, man. Like, I think that's a legacy, but we we should say that for a different show, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's go back to the uh, in in boy, he's starting to sound like a record, a broken record news. Schumer reiterates that marijuana legalization must pass before cannabis banking reform. So guess who's holding up the Safe Banking Act now, everybody? With Democrats in control of the Senate this Senate, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer doesn't plan to jeopardize a marijuana legalization bill he's working on by advancing a more modest cannabis banking measure first. This is one of those things where you're like, hold on, let me smoke this thing before I read this article, because I mean, this is why you need to smoke, man. Come on. You're telling me I don't want to legal. I don't want to make society better until I get my bill to make society better through, even though it's all the same thing, you know, I can't, I'm taking my ball going home. What are you doing? Schumer? Yeah. Well, I tell you what he's doing. He is grandstanding. That's what he's doing. And he's also speaking on podcasts. And so now he's out in a podcast and an interview with The Ringer that was released on Tuesday. The senator uh, reiterated that his colleagues will be introducing our bills shortly to end cannabis prohibition. And he said banking reform legislation that's been filed will have to wait because we're not going to bargain against ourselves. And he's made this before in a marijuana moment last month he made the same thing and it's the republicans and moderate democrats that are on the fence about a bolder policy change and they're less inclined and they want the safe and fair enforcement act uh, safe and fair enforcement banking act safe banking act uh passed in lieu of whatever is coming seriously though i mean like if he if he would just join us and give us 10 minutes of his time just to tell us. Well, maybe you and then maybe if Lauren was on here, but I'm sure if he saw me and my stank face, he'd be like, I'm not talking to that guy. Uh, but because um, well, uh, you talk, they talk like lawyers. He doesn't want to talk to you because he doesn't want to talk to me. I'm I'm less easily manipulated. You guys are circumstances uh, each other. Mike Anderson for becoming a member. Thank you so much. One of the things that members get at the legalizer in chief level, and we did just order them this uh, we ordered them this week, and so the new shirts will be here shortly. Uh, but we're still giving out the legacy shirts, the CLN, the Cannabis Legalization News shirts. Uh, it, whomever wins, name that strain, will get this one. Uh, and if anybody has already become a legalizer in chief, get in touch with us and find out your address. We'll mail you guys shirts. Uh, and then we'll have the tour shirts coming up here very shortly. Yeah, this this Schumer thing is just uh, infuriating. But, you know, good news is head of the top federal drug agency says it's time to consider decriminalization, at least. That's good. That's or a good. marijuana mullet. 
again. Mm-hmm. The head of the top federal drug agency is criticizing the ongoing policy of criminalizing people for drug use and the suggestion that the government should instead consider a policy of decriminalization. Nora Vaco, director of the National Institute of Drug Abuse, penned an essay for the journal Health Affairs that's titled Addiction Should Be Treated, Not Penalized. Thank you for the love Thank of God. Thank you for the freaking Christ. They, <sighs> they made illegal health conditions. Can you believe they, they not only did they make them illegal, they criminalized them. You know, that's the thing. So stupid. I mean, the, the, our past, our past was so dumb. We were just a gang of idiots back in the 50s and in the 30s. Just so stupid. I can't believe we made it out of there and invented the atom bomb. Can you believe we made it out of the 20th century? We made it to 420. We made it to 420. Hey, let's thank our new 420 sponsor. That board money everywhere was sponsored by WebJoint. Thank you, WebJoint. And so our prisoners, thank you too. Uh, the Cherokee Council legalized medical marijuana on tribal land in North Carolina. Nice. I never understood. Oh, North Carolina update. Somebody was asking about North Carolina news in the comments. So we got a North Carolina update on that. Uh, the Cherokee Council in North Carolina has made news as they have legalized medical marijuana. Well, and technically, though, I mean, it's not North Carolina news. It's, it's travel news because uh, the, the nation, they only sovereign. They're a sovereign nation, right? They're governing themselves. It's not all North Carolina citizens. True. Uh, for for a, a nation outside of North Carolina or like somewhat less surrounded by North Carolina news. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, I just always bothers me how like the, the nation, you know, I, I refer to the all uh, native uh, uh uh, tribes as the nation uh, that they've always waited for uh, American laws to take place and, and change where uh, they could, you know, I had a buddy in uh, uh, the Navy and from North Dakota, I think he was from the, the Sayu tribe. Uh, they did peyote religiously, legally. Like he was allowed to go on leave, uh, do his, uh, his journeys and, uh, and come back and test positive. But uh uh, you know, and cannabis is one of those things that it's always been like a, a, a spiritual thing. I've never understood why there's this like wait for, uh, you know, like the tribes are afraid to, you know, get anger, you know, because like when here in 502, when uh, marijuana became recreational, there's an actual contract with the nation out here where they asked him, look, please don't grow lots of weed at cheap prices and undercut our regular market. Like, that's some crazy shit that you have to anticipate. Like, we got to go talk to this other people within our state and say, please, we want to regulate you too now. Like, yeah. it's, but, uh, it's uh, legal for possession up to an ounce, uh, one ounce of marijuana by people 21 and older on tribal land called the Koala Boundary. It's still illegal to grow or sell weed on the tribe's land strangely enough but principal chief richard sneed if i was going to have a principal chief name i'm not sure if richard sneed would be it maybe maybe that's what sneed means i don't, I don't whatever uh said the vote it was just the first and what will be a series of moves to legalize marijuana on tribal lands the cherokee of course have sovereignty over their own laws on the koala boundary which includes about 100 square miles over five counties in western north carolina Councilmember Albert Rose said before voting to approve the law, said, go out and visit some with the of the elders. It's their medicine. Councilmember Richard French said legal medical marijuana could help the opioid epidemic in the area. Duh. All of us have been affected by the opioids. All of us have lost someone. It's for the betterment of our people. The uh-huh. tribal, yeah. I mean, he's common sense. He's these, got are, these are all great points. Very yeah. smart people uh, in the koala boundary. I mean, it's just something that's not going to poison your people, right? It's not like, hey, we're going to have casinos and, you know, be a, a you know drain on society. Instead, this is a, a revenue-generating, uh, life-giving wellness thing that's going to be happening in, in, that, in this nation. Uh, pot is still illegal in North Carolina, but possession of less than half an ounce is punishable with only a fine. Hey, I'm good with that. Yeah, but then how did you get that ounce? You see, it's just you can't control the supply then. You know, you're, the risk of cultivation is too much. A commissioner <laughs> in North Carolina recommended decriminalization possession of small amounts of pot in the state recently. And other North America tribes have legalized marijuana in states where it was otherwise illegal. The Ogala Sioux in North Dakota legalized marijuana in October. 
Uh, developing marijuana industry on the Koala boundary could help offset losses at the casino, the biggest economic engine for the Cherokee. Which That's what I'm talking about. But then, um, why is a casino losing money? Or is it just that travel is down? So the, the reason why losses at the casino are is that there's not enough people coming to the casino because of COVID or something. Whoa, Wisconsin sounds fucked, dude. First offense is a $10,000 and six months in jail. Do not go to Wisconsin. Son of a bastard. I went to law school there. I can't believe how much I was risking smoking all those blunts with those cool kids I hung out with. Actually, I didn't smoke blunts. It was a lot of bowls and joints. Hey, that's good stuff, too, though. Huh? Yep. But let's uh, let's figure out a little bit more about this, uh, you know, cannabis legalization tour that we're going to be doing. Uh, Miggy and I were going to try to do a show from a fish concert this uh, this summer in Seattle. Instead, we're going to have to, like... Just hang out in Seattle because the fish uh, dates came out yesterday and they're actually going to be 10 days later when the tour will be in the tri-state uh, over in uh, Philly. And so uh, it's, this is Cannabis Imp. Is that the, uh, the Cannabis Industrial Marketplace? So yeah, it's CannabisImp.com. Cannabis Imp and then Industrial Marketplace, IMP. What is the Cannabis Industrial Marketplace? Uh, it's the best source for growing, selling, and business equipment supplies, for growing media to seeds, to packaging, to processing, to legal services. All aspects of cannabis businesses happen through the Cannabis Business Industrial Marketplace. It is, uh, at its core, a trade show that will be going to a city near you if it is legal. Then you can go to CannabisIMP.com and use promo code CLB15 for 15% off your tickets. I will next see you in Chicago, Illinois on June 24th and 25th. We already got our booth. Uh, I I have a 5G Wi-Fi hotspot now. We're going to see how that works. I don't think it's going to be coming in as nicely as this hardwired, you know, uh, Internet, but... uh, We'll see. I mean, that's why I got the 5G hotspot. And then when we go to Seattle, now that fish, we're not going to be able to go to the fish concert. What are we going to do for the Sunday show then? That's going to be fun. We should we should do something in Seattle and then see the uh, the industry and the other people that are out there and make some content. Oh, yeah. No, there'll definitely be a lot of opportunities for you. Um, you know, once uh, you actually got everything secure, we can plan things with Josh. We can coordinate like a live show with all three of us and even maybe from a grow or something. You know, we can. Yeah. Let's, reach like out to, let's start reaching out to grows and uh, dispensaries yeah. in the area that we might be able to uh, interview and talk with. Because uh, I'll be there from like the 16th through the 20th. And hey, Chad's now, offering to come over so we can just go say hi. All right. We'll, uh, we'll smoke uh, a blunt with chat. Well, I don't smoke blunts, really. Smoke we can record content, though, like as we socially distance from our own little... <laughs> Well, yeah, by then, I'm assuming that uh, in July 18th or so, I mean, I'm sh- like, you got your shots, I got my shots. Oh, everybody, yeah. uh, everybody go get your shots, and then let's hang out and, and get back to smoking weed like normal people. Right. <laughs> Just say, and then after, uh, so you'll be in, uh, so you come to Seattle, you go to Chicago, they're going to be in Mount Pleasant, uh, Michigan. July 13th, 14th. Yep. Yep. We can uh, plug those ones further on in the future. And I'm also planning on not going to that one in Michigan, but now I might have to, because I could just drive there and, and I'd be hanging out at uh, a different booth, uh, maybe do a show, but it's, it depends on what the, the hoofing it is as July is going to be kind of a lot of travel for me. I even have to go to Wisconsin. And one of the things I was going to try to do is broadcast from near the border of uh, the UP and Wisconsin, because you have that heinous criminal penalty of weed south of the border and then full adult use legalization in the real rural parts of the the, the UP. You're going to be like that Jay-Z uh, logo was parked on the one border state. You know, if you're reading this billboard, it's legal. On the other side, if you're reading this billboard, you can go to jail. Basically, you know? basically 100% that. Isn't that messed up? So we got a strain for that? We're uh, name that strain? Yeah, let's play name that strain. That's the train to name right there. You're seeing it now. Go for it, me. I'll just say it's very, uh, what would you say that color is like a tangerine? Like that's yeah. a, not yeah. orange. It's not. No, it's got orange hues to it. It's more yeah. orangey than it is uh, uh, green. And I very dense trichomes. And so very frosty trichome uh, concentrations on it. So you don't see a lot of uh, leaf material at all. Uh, very pretty uh, manicured bud structure. It um it would definitely look good enough to go home with you. I tell you, it's uh, it's a good one. Oh yeah, no, it, it looks like it smells really citrusy. I would say 
like it gives it a that look to me you know like a you know it's got pungent we'd have to get its terp profiles yeah and like how it would actually smell but yeah this is um that's a good that's a good one let's go to let's do ohio eighth prices unless you got some guesses that are actually getting it oh no no i I thought i did for a second but that was uh not it (laughs) oh wait wrong hang on Hang on, isn't that it? Isn't this wow? Yeah, that's it. Wedding cake, aka triangle mince number twenty-three, aka pink cookies, aka birthday cake. Depending on which, I mean, like we get, I think we have the cake strain in Illinois. Cake that strains everywhere, but then it's one of those deals where some states do not let you have names that are going to appeal to children uh, and and then you have other states that they don't necessarily care as much uh, and so when you have a popular strain that has like a you know skittles for example was last week's and now it's it's yeah. wedding cake it, but it very often is this candy or like cake you know this these these things that appeal to kids and yeah, we're I just, you know, I, I, I mean, whatever, you know, the, the wedding cake story, uh, the wedding cake, sometimes known as pink cookies or birthday cake is a strain that leans on some power, power, very powerful genetics to yield a balance of high and dynamic taste. It is a cross between sour hybrid cherry pie and universally appealing Girl Scout cookies. My thing is like as a grower or whatever, like I, I, I think I told you, I got, I started with four plants and uh, three from a seed company. No longer with me. They decided that I suck at growing. And oh, then yeah. the fourth fourth one is a bag seed that you know it was a you know, my my legal weed that I bought. Bag seeds are always the most vigorous. Cabbage is strong. I'm just like, all right, I got weed at least one time something, but I didn't uh, know that in Canada, wedding cake had a different name and it was called pink cookies. But I, that's the thing is like the, the names are strains. It, it, it don't mean shit to me for the most part, right? Like someone could just grow a wedding cake strain and then call it pink poo poo for whatever marketing purposes they want to do. But you know, it's just—it's all going to be in the end. We got to talk about the terpene profiles. Like that's like in the uh, uh, the Philios, you know how it shows like Blue Dream here and Blue Dream in the uh, East Coast do right. have the same profiles. So what is it? Phenotypes. That's what we should be really same genetics. Yeah, I mean yeah. It's the same genetics on it. But that's that's just interesting that that's how it goes. And then you know, there's so many custom genetics in the cannabis uh, universe. Yeah. You, you cross two things, and then there's just so many more things so there's more crosses on crosses so everything that you do is fairly unique uh and then you could have really amazing strains and then they just have different names which is strange and then one of those names for that same strain wins out because you can have the same book and title it two different things and one of them will sell more than the other one yeah yeah well, true story uh you know, and then what about these Ohio prices, though, man? Sixty-five dollars. Let's, uh, let's let's go try to buy some uh, legal medical weed in Ohio. I'm gonna go down to Vera Life. Vera Life, that's Verano's dispensary. So let's go get some blue goo. Some blue goo is two grams for thirty-six dollars and eighteen cents. Can we uh, can command plus that one more time to blow up that so we can see it a little bit better? Oh, there we go. We got some blackjack by Grow Ohio. Two grams, thirty-eight dollars. Plus a tax on top of that. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 6.5 to 7.25 tax on top of that, depending yeah. on your county. Well, then it's that's so strange. Look at that. The, look at the look at the dose uh, amounts as well. Two grams for 41 bucks. But then you can get five point six, six grams for eighty one sixty three. Well, like, what is that? Like, how do you that? This, what's what's, so, what's five point six, six grams? My brain hurts. You know, Michael has has Ohio not heard of like ounces and eighths and quarters? <laughs> yeah, something's up with their website because yesterday it had the eighths, like the actual three point five on the picture. The pictures aren't popping up, but then the title says five point six six. So no, that's what their site is. That's weird, man. Well, you know, I'm just hopeful that Google doesn't penalize us for discussing uh, numbers and prices. Probably will. We are at a legal dispensary's website doing a review and analysis for our viewers of what does that go for over there yeah in comparison an eighth of flower at uh barrel life in rockville maryland is 55 dollars. in maryland cannabis purchases are not subject to statewide tax they are no excise taxes in maryland wow i mean we, our prices vary so much like so here, much here in washington we try to we incorporate that tax right so 
when I do go buy a, a quarter or an eighth, the only time I get weird numbers is whenever I use my discounts because I have a veterans discount and I also do like rewards programs. And that's when you get into like you, these weird. Huh? Well, when you said rewards programs, I'm like, what? You know, yeah, sometimes you're well, yeah, but you have to understand the regulations are weird. And so some of the regulations, so you cannot have a rewards program. So that Mississippi just came out with regs this week. Hopefully that's going to be one of the things that we talk about in the news <laughs> in the bottom <laughs> The hour, but Mississippi came out with regulations this week. We get so many calls from Mississippi. There's so many Mississippians that want to get into the cannabis industry, and now we know what types of licenses they're going to have. They're going to have three licenses, uh, so it's just the standard, generic, process, cultivate, dispense, uh, and and it looks like they're going to have an open industry, which should be fantastic because, like, right next door is Alabama, and right next, well. Actually, I'm not really sure on that. Uh, I'm not sure which one's Alabama, which one's Mississippi, and then where Mm. Georgia is on that stack. But then Georgia is like super, super strict and like very expensive, controlled, limited market. And Alabama might be more open. Dude, as soon as I I would say in about a year, give it, it, yeah, 20, uh, mid-2022, next year, uh, states are going to realize that other states are doing way better than they are. And be like, well, we better fix our laws so we can make our market bigger and broader. Because you cannot make this market too big, because people will come in, and at the right. same time, people will buy your shit. You can, you know, what's going to fail is like that's Crap. what capital is that shitty product, shitty. You're going to have to pay attention to margin. Yeah, the people in Ohio, those prices, they don't have to pay attention to margin. They got a monopoly, and so who, you know, the the people that are going to benefit from legalization are the small businesses. The people that might not benefit are the large ones that are really getting by on a, a controlled market. I mean, what happens once it's completely federally legal and you can do interstate commerce? Exactly. All these little monopolies. All these little fiefdoms are going to crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, but meanwhile, we got Slipknot getting into the market. <laughs> Slipknot's getting into the market and branded cannabis news. <laughs> Slipknot, Sean Clown, Krahan. How do you pronounce his last name? I don't know. I think you're right, Krahan. Sounds good. Teasers, cannabis line, clown cannabis. Smoke it if you're funny. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, you know what's funny, too, is uh, uh, I didn't send you guys a link, but uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Guar. Guar. I, Guar are the ones that wore, like, dressed up and things and, like, uh, went on stage, right? Yeah, they would shoot space cum and do all this weird stuff at people and stuff. Yeah, it was a very entertaining show and because uh, we're all artists. It's all performance art. And, right. Uh, they're getting the CBD. Like they just had a CBD commercial on their channel. Guar <laughs> CBD. Yeah. It's all good, man. I mean, like everybody do your thing. I just, I think when these people jump into markets, I really hope they're looking at where the product comes from. And they're really looking at like, okay, is this all shitty China hemp or China CBD or whatever, you know? And I'm not even saying like China stuff is always bad. Just majority of it always, because the regulations are shit, <laughs> you know, but are they actually checking out the products? The end ways, you know, I'm just well, curious. I don't know. They filed a cannabis bill. Yeah, like, Wookapiller, what are you talking about? And when you say they filed the cannabis bill. Yeah, I'm looking for it. I can't find it. Where can we find that? And what's that, Mechanis? I mean, like, when they say they, I'm assuming he means federal, but I don't think that's what he means. Mechanical Republicans filed it. Um, He's talking right here. Mechanis TV. I'm scrolling up. It's a corporate bill. Basically, Koch's bill. I'm scrolling through Mechanis's uh, comments. All right. Well, as we're doing that, I'm going to go go back to the, the news. So uh, let's do some international uh, news. Here it is. The guy says this right here. Federal legalization bill has been filed. I think that's what he's saying. All right. So we should look up Schumer. There's got to be something with Schumer popping up, man. No, I don't see it yet. But I mean, if the federal legalization bill has been filed. Honestly, I would see, I would follow marijuana moment, right? Because he actually yeah. has journalists that are well he has legislation tracking bills and so like yeah we subscribe to that we can pull that up but uh oh he's saying marijuana moment too so no it says congressional bill to federally legalize marijuana filed by republican lawmakers so a congressional bill would be in the different house the common sense reform for veterans small businesses and medical professionals act so then c s c r v s see this one's never going to work because i can't even spell it like common sense cannabis reform 
You have so a quickie acronym, breaking right? Breaking news. Thank you, participation democracy. Uh, I got to work on pronouncing participation. So a congressional bill filed to federally legalize marijuana bill by Republicans. And there it is. The Common Sense Cannabis Reform for Veterans, Small Business, and Medical Professionals Act. So um, that's good. Yeah, but what's the main crux of the legislation to, is to federally deschedule cannabis, and it's similar to past bipartisan proposals, but this one goes a few steps further with language on legal protections and mandates for federal studies into medical cannabis. It does not contain social justice to repair past harms in the war on drugs. Yeah. So the, now uh, are Republicans going to, because like, this will pass. Well, w- will it? No, this will never come up for a vote, because then the, the Democrats already have their... But again, this stuff, this stuff doesn't happen fast, right? Because like somebody has to put it on a docket, right? Somebody in, in Congress has to say, okay, we're all going to vote on this in debate. Then even after it passes that, then it's got to go to the Senate. And then it's got to get on that docket. Or how yep. many committees to go through? Like this, yeah, it's great that they fucking submitted this. But when you're looking at this long game, you got to look at the stuff closer to the goal line right now. And that is the SAFE Act. And then whatever Schumer's dangling in his pants right now. Like that's that's it. That's all we got. Right. Everything else is. Hey, but I, I'm all for descheduling cannabis. And oh, yeah. So, like, if we want to deschedule cannabis, please, by all means, deschedule. Don't drop it to schedule three. Uh, however, if you drop it to schedule three, okay, fine. Now, let's figure out a way to get it completely out of the schedules. You know, we just need to take it out of the hands of uh, the police. That's it. Law enforcement. That's what that's what the whole reason of uh, decriminating, uh, rescheduling. All right. Whatever word you want to throw at it, just stop finding law enforcement. Mm. Yeah, that puts pressure on the Schumer to file his bill. I well, hope let's so. hope so. Let's yeah. hope so. Because this, this, yeah, I mean, imagine yeah. if you ask Chuck Schumer out to lunch and he goes, Sure, we'll get that soon. Between six months later, between Schumer's like uh procrastinating the football and then like with the Republicans and their like recent like coup d'etat on themselves where they where they took Cheney out and, and replaced her with the QN on uh, lady. Like I just I don't get these parties and their intentions for making our world better because you're all distracted by bullshit and there's actually real things you can do, like end prohibition. Any prohibition would do so much to the American dollar, American value and uh life way of life. But that one of the co-chairs of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus, there is one now on the Hill. That's nice. There is actually a Congressional Cannabis Caucus. She says with more than 40 states taking actions on the issue, it's past time for Congress to recognize that continued cannabis prohibition is neither tenable nor the will of the American electorate, says Joyce. That's Representative David Joyce, a Republican from Ohio, by the way. Nice. Yeah. I I mean, like, I'm not... I don't like saying party stuff like it's not left or right. But when you're the the party that's been like trying to like, again, the former guy was not very good. <laughs> you know, he, he enabled a lot of dumb people, right. a lot of ignorant things. And, and and so like supporting legalization and just getting this process through. It's such a no-brainer. You would think, okay, you wake up every day. There's someone sitting behind bars. There's someone suffering. It's another reason to put so take one of someone's kids or or asset forfeiture. There are so many wrongs with this prohibition. Shout out, Mechanis. Thank you so nope. much for keeping us in the loop. But there's so much wrong that you could fix. Right. right. And then like they even threw the 10th Amendment in there. They said, for too long, the federal government's outdated cannabis policies have stood in the way of both individual liberty and a state's 10th Amendment rights, said Representative Young, who is also a co-chair of the CCC. And Representative Young is a, uh, an elected Republican from the state of Alaska, which is a place where it's legal, by the way, and they have a very open uh, industry. And he he further said it's long past time that these archaic laws are updated for the 21st century. And there it is. I like how the short bill, we just can't make an acronym out of that. The C-S-C-R-V-S-B-M-P-A. I mean, honestly, dude, the acronym shit, though, bothers me. It's like when these guys, it's like the Grams one, right? The guns. For, yeah. for, for for guns, it's like, all right, did you really have to make it grams? Did you? I mean, like, I'm cool with like gun rights in my mm-hmm. pot, but like, do, do we have to make it? And are we going to put it on 422? Are we going to do it like submit it exactly at 420 on 420? So tired of these semantics. Just tired of the shit. Like, that's just. Oh yeah, but I still I still think it would be excellent if that what happened was uh, we're on the air one day and then Chuck Schumer's like, they are, they're on. Okay, let me file it. 
Now somebody tweet at them. Seriously. They aren't on Twitter? Well, what else is there? That's so ridiculous. And, you know, but to show that we're going through so much drives, though, with, like, where we were with legalization, because now we're, we're talking about psychedelics. Oh, yes, but wait until the horse is out of the barn and people are all high and their their endocannabinoid systems have been like, you know, re-engaged. And then we'll go into the uh, the the cyclopin and all that other stuff. I mean, people are already leading the way on that. And that's going to be well. Now it's for the stocks. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, you know, as soon as you then like turn it into a hustle like that, it's like, all right, well, let's get some regulations that make sense in there because there could be a lot of people trying to exploit this new trend. Well, we need to hit stock bumper. Marketing host Kevin O'Leary, psychedelic drugs, far exceed cannabis investment potential, CNBC. Uh So, uh, Kevin O'Leary is invested in MindMed and Campus Pathways, two public companies pioneering a new mental health market focused on psychedelic compounds like psilocybin. The Shark Tank star and investor says the size and scale of the market for treatment of mental health and conditions like depression and PTSD shows incredible potential, though it is risky. Not really, not that risky. The investor says he looks at, like, what is risky? What What is the risk? Like, like uh, uh, are you going to swell up and your arm's going to fall off? Like, what are we talking here? Because when I'm watching my daytime TV when I take a day off of work and I see all these little ads of people frolicking on the goddamn mossy meadow. And then mm-hmm. the real fast says, you know, immediately side. And also the side effects are called, you know, if your heart attack and then I'm like, really, what side effects am I going to have from mushrooms that are way worse? doctor about magic mushrooms. Where is that ad? Now, again, it will never be in that format, but at yeah, risk of a good time. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it would be uh, in a format that they would have some type of regulation for it. And then I could see that getting rescheduled as the products get you know, created. I don't necessarily know if they aren't going to be sitting there going like, oh, the terpenes on this mushroom blend are just to die for. You know, it's more about the actual chemical in and of itself. Right. And then with microdosing, you know, like, like I, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I, I agree with this. Like you can put mushrooms in a grinder and then put them in little shell capsules and then create yeah. your own dosage treatments. Like there's, there's you know, to extract from the mushroom then too. Cause I've oh talked yeah. to guys that have like extraction labs and they'll do extractions on mushrooms to get their, uh, the, the benefits that are in those things. So like that chemical and then take that out. Cause I, if I eat the mushrooms or even like the, like the micro doses, it tends to give me an upset stomach. Uh, and I heard that that wasn't necessarily the cycle, but uh, psilocybin in it, it's the actual, the um the stuff that's in the mushroom your body yeah. just doesn't agree with it it's like a toxic still you know like that's what your body's trying to fight along with the other fun stuff you know it's um if, you know uh, mushroom tea is a thing we uh used to drink that a long time ago like that's how you can dose yourself as well but i think you know it, it's gonna be a good uh future to look at the investor said he looks at new uses for illegal drugs pragmatically and as an investor it makes more sense to him to bet on psychedelics where research is increasingly showing medicinal efficiency rather than placing uh, market bets on the recreational use of drugs that are still illegal in many jur- jurisdictions and could face complications related to rico statues you know one of the things is when they when they when they've done studies with psychedelics and shit too right we we know like with acid like uh when uh, i was in high school school uh some kids who were selling acid had a vial in his pocket you know he would just go out and give doses and that's how you do it but he had a car accident his vial exploded in his pocket and uh you don't get rid of liquid by rubbing it out my friend was trying to do that and he went into a long state like definitely rearranged his brain cells thinking wow he went from bully to like the timid dude all the time because uh-huh. he, he just took like a two years worth of acid like at once and it didn't my, help mill him out though right well, i mean that's my whole point though like yeah. there's ways that like you can like do dosage judge your inner body and that's the other thing is like with, with like prohibition we're not enabling people we're not giving uh people an option of like okay coffee will keep you awake alcohol makes you drunk uh pot don't do it to schedule one drug because it might do something crazy that you don't know about, which is bullshit because it's right. the least of all those. Right. And then essentially what they're saying is by it's a scheduled one drug, stop all research, stop yeah. all research. No, it's don't that's look into this. 
And then don't look into this. Do you have any idea where we would be as a society if that Harry J. Anslinger asshat didn't like exist? And then they wouldn't have said, stop all research. Don't look into that. Arrest everybody who's using it for 80 fucking years. Uh, what our hemp industry would look substantially different. Our, our modern industry would look substantially different. Our, our world would look different. But think about this. Like right now, the, the southern corner of our United States is running out of gas because of, because of hackers. Like if uh, we had hemp uh, fuel, you know, if that was an option, biofuel, you know, grown in America, maybe this wouldn't be such a, you know, a impactful thing with the, with the, uh, the hack. Well, that, that, that would they, even if we did have the biofuels, we'd have to store them somewhere. I think it's that with like we'd, we'd have distribution and pipelines. It's just that um, cyber wars are going to be a thing because yeah. everything talks to one another. And then we're going to have to have security protocols and infrastructure built out for that. I mean, yeah. you have any idea how often our sites get hacked at the uh, the shop and my shop's not that big. Hey, people oh, yeah. that actually have large companies online are just probably always being hacked if i was a bank and i had a website i would assume that i'm just always being hacked i'm surrounded by buildings to devoted people who are looking at things uh about hacks all day for a certain but websites. you're on the microsoft campus yeah yeah <laughs> what else we got going on Let's go to uh, something else. But, yeah, I am very interested in the psych uh, psychedelic space and, like, how we can change laws and and uh, create new companies that can help people. But that's a real pharmaceutical – That that's a lot of money. Like, pharmaceuticals, you have to raise a lot of money. Yeah. But a cannabis company growing weed in Colombia goes public. So we actually have uh, an international story, but we don't have to do that bumper right now. We just hit bumper about stocks. Uh, most cannabis companies that list their stocks in the United States grow their products in indoor greenhouses often in Canada. Well, but a company named Flora Growth that went public on the NASDAQ on Tuesday is taking a different approach. Although headquartered in Toronto, its agriculture operations are in Colombia, and it cultivates cannabis the old-fashioned way, outdoors. Why? Mm -hmm. It's a lot cheaper. Huh. That's right. But where are they? So how is that? Is that going to Canada then, that weed, or is it staying in Colombia? Well, they probably export it not only to Canada, but to wherever else they would have a license to export it, maybe even uh, Germany, because there's no production in a lot of Europe. And so there's no production in those states or those nations. Uh, they export their cannabis in. However, I have no idea how delicious outdoor cannabis uh, grown in Colombia for six cents per gram is compared to like a premium indoor uh, high quality cannabis that might not have cost a dollar, maybe a dollar twenty-five a gram. I just think it's the coolest thing if you're like a, a shipping person and like you're just like okay, tomatoes, uh, check broccoli, check three hundred pounds of weed, check. You know, it's got to be a. I never thought I'd really like see this, like like uh, an actual commerce of weed itself internationally. Like we should be a part of that. We are yeah. losing money on that. But think about trying to maintain, because there's a lot of volatile terpenes in cannabis. And sure. trying to maintain the quality of that plant from the time that it's been picked and harvested in Colombia, how well is it going to be handled and processed by the time it reaches its end consumer? Right. But, you know, if it was an American company shipping to, like, say, Europe, that company is, like, automatically uh, freeze-drying their stuff and then they're putting it in that container within another container at set humidity and pressure temperatures. That way it can get to the U.K. Yeah, at 10 times the price. Cents a gram. They said yeah. six cents a gram. Uh, <clears throat> because they're all eating. Okay. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, you hear all this stuff about Colombia and then uh, international cannabis. There's going to be a lot of international cannabis growth. And maybe we should uh, start putting the channel in and, and subtitling it in Spanish. Well, who was that guy that we had before? He, he was doing major business overseas. Like primarily that was, you know, his existence is, uh, yeah. the, you know, South Africa and, and China. Like, good on you, dude. Yeah. People niches, yeah. Yeah, I think his name was Michael. I can't remember his last name, though. Yeah. Popular cat on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, so we got a message from True Leaf Workers. Message from True Leaf Workers on Reddit. Uh, the Reddit uh, back channel of uh, FL Medical Trees. So this week, uh, True Leaf announced they're acquiring Harvest Health for $2.1 billion in stock. Maybe you saw me doing a spit take delivering that news. And if you did. Don't forget to hit those likes and subscribe. 
So uh, there was a $2.1 billion cannabis merger between Trueleaf and Harvest, uh, and the subreddit on FL Medical Trees posted this about Trueleaf workers. Today at Trueleaf, pay was late again, and when they got it to everyone, was screwed over on OT. After we put our blood, sweat, and tears into growing the plant, these guys pay me like $11 an hour. People just walked off, lots of people. I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking about the whole damn joint. Then the vampires of corporate got panicked and sent out a message saying, you're going to give you 50 bucks. Screw your 50 bucks. You owe us way more than that. But today we learned something. You're scared of us when we act together. And the next bad problem is where else are you going to freaking go grower in Florida? Where else are you going to go? Black market, traditional market. that's, That's the problem. Like you cannot say, you know what? I know what my craft is. Shove it, man. I'm open my own grow. Yeah. Uh, you can't because you that you can work for Trueleaf or you can work for this other huge MSO or this other huge MSO. You can't work for yourself. But they do have a point, though. I mean, there's power in the people. There's power. In, and so, like, you know, that's where they're going to have to uh, coordinate their message. You know, like, sure, you, you all have to show up and go to work that day. But do you have to work fast? Do you have to work in unison? You know, you know, you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the unionization, I think, is going to be a double edged sword in the industry when the unions are needed, like when it's exploitative like that. And then when there's just like, you know, it's General Motors, where else are you going to go? I'm going to start my own company that makes cars. No, you're not. Uh, (laughs) And so. You know, when you have that instance and that that disparate uh, d- disparity between the power that be, uh, it's it's when you need it. But then when you don't have a controlled, limited market, like, you know, if you didn't need 50 million dollars to even be in the conversation of getting a Florida license. But, you know, you could put together your buddies and, and you know, have an investor or two that believes in you as a grower. Yeah. $4 million or something like that, that you could raise. Florida is a wealthy place with a lot of good business people. They can put together a $4 million business. Yeah, but the problem is, like you said before, with like, like it's kind of like with the poor income people, right? I'm a good grower. I'm a great grower. I just don't know how to do business. I don't know how to raise this money. I don't know how to get involved. So yeah, these guys are are, are, are facing a an uphill battle, but it's still one that can be fought as long as they're coordinated and stick together. Uh, I witnessed that... Um, uh, when I used to work at Raytheon, uh, the the assembly workers, right? These guys are all unionized. They're all with the machinist union. Um, and not all unions are great also. You know, so they, the, the, the machine unions, they're also turned into like a strong arm group for a while. Like they try to like force you to join. You're like, no, I'm not. It's a worker's rights thing. Anyways, I saw these guys like putting off work until Sunday, like, like literally because Sunday was a double time payday. So they would hide work sometimes underneath desks and shit. And you're like, oh, I'm not seeing it. And then just sit there and just kind of mope around until Sunday because they wanted that extra time. And that's and they all worked together. No one said shit because they were like a, a like just a, 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 a union. You know, they're, 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 they work in unity. So yeah. like that's the thing. If you if you everybody's on the same page and, and willing to take that stance, but it's hard. It's hard right. when you want to pay your bills. It's hard when you just got through a pandemic. It's hard when, you know, you, you just want to eat. <laughs> Shit, man. It's horrible. Yep. But it wasn't only that one Redditor. There was a lot of, a lot of others. Like, notice the truly Leaf rep is nowhere to be found to explain this. Can we all, as an industry, finally say enough is enough and boycott them out of existence? This is the largest and only profitable cannabis company in the country, and therefore the world, by the way. Uh, Another Redditor added, truly employee here, not a rep, just a patient consultant. This post infuriates me because we have been getting effed over on our last three pay periods. I personally missed out on 17 hours overtime pay this pay period alone. They pay us at least, they pay us the least out of everyone in the industry and they keep expecting us to do more and more. I'm so passionate about cannabis and helping other people on their meds, but because no opportunity for growth and constant struggle and not even getting my checks, I'm now applying to different jobs. I'm saddened about what True Leaf does and I know several of my coworkers are tired of getting screwed over as well and so like dude that freaking sucks as that's your job and then people like i when i'm screening for employees or even like teams that i i want to work with i want them to really believe in the plant and be passionate about it because if they're just in it for the dollars i know that they aren't in it for uh, they aren't in it enough and they are they're going to get out because it's going to be this industry is hard and this industry has got like it changes every day and the cost to to conduct business can be really really high for compliance reasons and then you can't even get a license and so that they're yeah 
It sucks, man. No, it's a shitty position that they're in with that limited market. And then this is what the, the limited licensing. Again, unlimited license will create a fair market and, and make it better for everybody. Yeah, but then she still could be getting effed over on pay because a smaller company, which she also believed in, just might not be able to pay its bills. But also, like, back to, like, how you said with TrueLeave is being uh, uh, profitable. They're not really profitable because they're good at what they're doing. They're like MedMen. They're able to pull lots of money from a bunch of dumb rich people. Uh, you know, and then also. Uh, and then they acquire licenses. Acquire, you know, they yeah. acquire licenses in limited markets. So what happens when the Safe Banking Act doesn't pass, but Chuck Schumer's bill finally passes? 2023 happens. What happens then? You know, are those li- okay? They still have those very, very real licenses at a state level, but now anybody else can get a license, and they have to p- compete on interstate commerce. Do they just flood the market with weed? I don't know if we believe that. Maybe. I mean, it, it, and again, it wouldn't happen like a flood, right? None of the shit would happen overnight. Nothing would be like all of a sudden like you're 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 invaluable because now you have a fair market and you better put up good product because good product's going to win. Good product at good prices. Right. The local weed weed. man is hard to put out of business because, look, uh, weed might be uh, an artisanal thing like fresh coffee in the sense that by the time that that beautiful fucking nugget that I make, well, not not I, but like the royal company, local home grower, not a home grower, but like, you know, craft grower, I uh, make for the customer. They aren't going to be able to get that freshness and that flavor and that turf profile from the Budweiser of weed like True Leaf that's just shipping it in, in mass all over the place. They aren't. No. Yeah, I mean, again, we're we're talking big creepy companies versus what you think legalization should be, mm-hmm. right? We all thought that it should be an entry level for everybody, like. Somebody who wants no, to open but a, a good craft grow, a good craft grow should be an opportunity for five million bucks. Like a good that would be great if a good craft grow is an opportunity for five million dollars. And I just don't know if you it's it's just maybe it would be 10 because it depends on like how state of the art you want that indoor flowering farm to be. But remember, when we talked to Weed Man and he was like, he went to California broke with five hundred dollars mm-hmm. and, and he bought a plant, made a couple plants, grew those plants in his friend's basement, whatever. Sold those plants, probably took that money, reinvested it back in the same product, grew more, right? Yep. And then he was able to build his wealth, right? And that's what we would think legalization should be. Right. We should, from a seed, I can build wealth. But instead, I have to get a business plan, find a bunch of investors, win the license first, you know, submit that application for $10,000, you know, non refundable. Yeah, but then the same thing could be said about a moonshiner when it was illegal in 1927 to drink. And he's like, no, man, I could take the corn and the yeast uh, into the woods with my still and I could make this family some money, you know, and then the regulations come in and that's it's still illegal. I mean, you could still result to illicit behavior, but the the regulated, you know, distillation process you'd have to do everything how they they say so that they can get their taxes right. and, and then you know people are happy well and and that's talk- people, i mean the com- the government sure and that's in, that's in a regulated government market right so like like we'll just because we're coming to our hour here but the very mm-hmm. last story we were going to talk before i mean we're skipping i'm skipping ahead but the uh, the new york story with uh up in smoke new york uh new weed laws lead to drop in gun bust you know this proof that how legalization you know, the cops are screaming, we're, we're not finding all the crime. We're not, we're not finding all the crime because uh, uh, you legalized weed. So now I don't have a reason to open your door, knock down your, you know, get in your car. Like, fuck you. <laughs> that's, that's it, man. You, you're not finding crime, like, because it's not a crime. Yeah. Like, that's how yeah. it works. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, with, with like, uh, big companies. And structuring and regulation, you know, there's the regulation of having, yeah, I want to be in a store, but there's also like, hey, I don't want to go to jail. I can sell tomatoes at the farmer's market. I also want to sell my weed at a farmer's market, not trying to be uh, a McDonald's or a 7-Eleven. I'm just trying to be uh, uh, Mickey's corner shop, right. <laughs> you know, that, and that should be the opportunity for everybody. 
Uh, it should be, but then everybody, every it it should be like a bar. Like you know, if that municipality doesn't want to give you a liquor license, that municipality doesn't have to give you a liquor license. You know, uh, but then you have the right to ask that community, hey. I'd like to open this here. And if they say no, you can be like, well, then I'll go ask the next community. Exactly. That it should be at least that open. Yes. Or like, hey, I'm going to open a private club. And, you know, with willing adults coming to this private club to do willing adult things. Right. You know, in non-furry outfits. In non-furry outfits. Because that freedom of expression should be prohibited. I don't care what the Second Amendment says. Um, I'm just being silly. Hey, uh, Tom, clarify for me. Can cannabis legally be sold using a Visa or MasterCard? Asking for a friend. That depends. Now, if you are looking at a debit card or if you are looking at a credit card, is two different things. However, both may say Visa or MasterCard on it. I'm not really sure about the MasterCard on that one, but I'm assuming that MasterCard also makes a debit card. A debit card is tied to a cash account. Uh, Very often, if you see your dispensary advertising that they take cards, uh, they are doing a cash-free ATM transaction so that they really are not using a credit card because a credit transaction is a four-digit code for which there is not one for cannabis. And that's why those ease people got in so much trouble. They were committing large amounts of wire fraud. Now, if you're using a debit card to do a cash-free ATM transaction, which for all intents and purposes resembles the same user interface as using a credit card, yes, I have seen that. Do you guys, you have, you've seen, well, so here in Washington, the ones I've seen haven't lasted. Every every store that says one person, they're using a, the, the credit union, the local credit union. Uh, another person was using a, a, a program. What they were doing was they were buying Bitcoin and transferring that Bitcoin to cash in that transaction right there. Somehow that was whatever. But uh both of those went away. Like, I mean, I thought they were great ideas, and then, but I think the legality of it, like you're talking about that four-digit code, somebody along the way is going to have to own up to that four-digit code. And some bank along the way may just be like, guys, no, you got to shut that down. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You know, federally, you just got to assume the worst. Yeah. <laughs> well... I think that's going to do it. That was kind of fun. I mean, live news. I mean, breaking yeah. news while we're live. Yep. Breaking federal legalization news while on. Next time, maybe it'll be like a high-speed chase towards uh, Chuck Schumer delivering his his oh uh, bill to the Senate. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for cannabis legalization news. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We will see you on Sunday.